All right, everybody, welcome back to our Neon Rainbow podcast, a podcast dedicated to all you folks that have dared to chase your dreams. Woo! Episode two. Episode two, We yes. made it this far. I feel really good about it. <laughs> all right, I'm your co-host, Jeremy Weaver. This beautiful lady here next to me is... Haley Fletcher. So glad y'all joined us today. So first off, we'll start off with a little corrections corner. I messed up our Twitter handle. Um, Twitter, for some reason, did not okay... Um, Neon Rainbow Podcast or Podcast Neon Rainbow. So right now it is Podcast Neon. Um, it'll be kind of a tricky one to remember, but hopefully their customer support will get back to me and they'll work that out. Mm-hmm. In th- maybe. In theory. I don't know. But that's our Twitter handle for now. It's just Podcast Neon. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, well, on our last show, we said that we'll be talking more about kind of the flip side of what we talked about on our first episode, so we're not actually going to do that. We uh, got excited about another topic. Something that's, yeah, I think it'll give you guys something to um, to work on, I guess, this week. Just some tools to learn a little bit. thought this was more immediately helpful than talking about things like TV, mm-hmm. which... Just makes me really angry and clammy. So <laughs> I need it was more so for me. I needed a break this week. Um, but I guess before we hop into this one, we were ta- we were talking about it last night, and I don't know how. What was the most uncomfortable booking process for like a sh- single show you've played? Because obviously you could tell by the episode title, we're talking about EPK and um, kind of what that means to help you book with your electronic press kit. And we got to chit-chatting about just the weirdest booking experiences. So uh, mine would be, ended up booking at this place called Avalon. And I don't remember what state it was in, but uh, they were paying really well and was super excited about the amount of money they were paying in the show and all that stuff and just hopped on it. And then went online and did a little bit of research and just got booked at a nudist colony. An entire colony. Yeah. Like, it, I, it was a dated, not dated, a gated community of what? naked people. Yeah. So did you play it? Heck no. I'd get in trouble. Well, what? I mean, I, my mouth would get me in trouble. I'd Whoa. See some, I'd see some old naked woman and say, I think I would have ironed that before I wore it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I guess mine almost goes hand in hand. So I was opening up for a good friend of mine, Dustin Lee Benefield, when his band was in Atlanta at a a venue called Wild Bills, which unfortunately closed a few years back. Um, But we were supposed to be playing there, had all the promotion ready to go, and he hits me up about two weeks before the show and says, we had to swap venues. Um, I forget what one of them was going to be. Again, I was like, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is, it's your show. That's cool. Calls me again and goes, you know, so the other venue wasn't able to accommodate the tickets that we've already sold. And I was like, all right. Me just moving to Atlanta. I didn't know anything about Atlanta. He goes, we're going to have it at the Claremont Lounge. Again, I I hadn't <laughs> been in Atlanta, but maybe at that point a year and a half. And I wasn't 21. So anything downtown Atlanta, I really had no interest in. So he's asking, you know, it's going to be at the Claremont Lounge. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and he's like, are you oh, sure? you so young. I'm like, you're sure? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, you know, where is it at? It's downtown Atlanta. And at the time, downtown Atlanta was significantly closer than Wild Bills, which was northwest of Atlanta by probably another hour. So I'm sitting there going, sweet. 
It just keeps moving closer and closer to the house, meaning the band don't have to travel as far. This is great. So before he hangs up the phone one more time, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> this is your headlining show. Like, I'm just opening up for you. I'm along for the ride. Sure. So I call my manager, Kevin, at the time and <laughs> told him, hey, it was a venue swap. It's going to be at the Claremont Lounge. And he is just dead silent on the phone and goes, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, what is everybody asking me for? Like, yeah, I'm sure. It's not that big of a deal. It's closer to the house. It works out great. And he goes, Google it. And I'm like, it's probably a rough, gross dive bar in Atlanta. That's me playing country music. Let's get real. Those are my favorite to play and what I'm normally booked in. So I'm like, whatever, that's fine. He goes, no, you have to Google it. You've got to Google it. End up Googling it. And it is... The oldest strip club in Atlanta, and supposedly one of the worst, <laughs> and it's one of the most well-known around the entire country. Um, yes, so, celebrities actually frequent that place very often. Like. Yeah. So at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I don't I don't want to play in a strip club. I still have never been. I have no desire to go. I was like, I don't want to. So I called up <laughs> Dustin. He's like, no, there's, no gonna be, there's not going to be anybody stripping. It's solely for the venue. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. They're paying enough. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not my show. Who cares? So we end up going. Um, and I got to call the venue. You know, we're getting places where we need to set up merch, what we need to have where. They somehow figured out I wasn't 21. And they were like, you're not stepping foot in this building. And at this point, this was like three days before the show. Mm. And I was like, well, you already paid me, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure I need to go inside this building. And so we finally worked it out to the band would start playing. I'd walk in. When it was time for me to sing the first line of my song, I was on stage the entire time. When I was done, I had to leave the building. I couldn't sell merch by the door. Like, I had to go. So we ended up having to pull out of that show. But I didn't know what the Claremont Lounge was, so that was my weirdest. You got learned to be fair, everybody tried to work, but nobody said what it was. It was just more of a, are you well, sure? because it's, it's a famous place here. I'm from Minneapolis, and I was 18 years old. Like, I didn't know. So that was, <laughs> I don't know how we got to chit-chatting about it. It must have just been about EBKs and booking stories. And I thought of that this morning, and I was like, you've got to have a weird one. So they were both kind of naked. I may have an experience that might top that one a little bit. I was playing at uh, Gillies in Texas, and I got off the stage, and I was there with, I think, three other artists, and the next guy hopped up on stage, so I just went and sat in the crowd. Not always a wise thing to do. Yeah. There was a woman who walked up to me and started stripping me. So that was. Did uh, she pay you? No, she didn't pay me, but mm. she got a couple of buttons down, and I removed myself from the situation <laughs> we can have a whole podcast of women doing weird things to you at mm -hmm. shows oh mm -hmm. no we gotta say this we just have to have okay that'll be that'll like be another podcast the strange things you've had to put up with from oh, your audience oh god that'll I've, be a fun one yeah we got a bunch of those um but i guess we'll go ahead and jump into it clearly by the title it's about EPK. If you guys do not know what EPK stands for and may have heard of it, it is Electronic Press Kit. We're very blessed in 2018 that it's all electronic, it's all digital, so we're not having to send out an actual like PR box of CDs, a VHS, um, or a cassette tape, anything like that with headshots. 
to venues. So this is like your musical resume. So this is kind of your first impression when you're sending out an email or getting in contact with somebody. Nine times out of ten, they'll ask you for an EPK or a different wording of it. But it's really important. So we figured this was an awesome second episode to get you guys... I don't know. If you guys don't have one or have one you just haven't updated it, it's a good thing to kick the dust off. And yeah. and so everybody's, everybody's going to be different, but it's going to contain the same material. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're all going to have pictures, video, and we'll get into everything you should have in it, obviously. Um, try to make it um, as much... There's a better way to say this. Um, just make sure it represents you as an artist because, again, it is your resume, so you want it clean, clear, so they can find all the information they need. But, you know, it's also got to match your brand. My toes are just going to hit the stands. That's fine. I get restless feet, and I can't help it. So, obviously, make it unique to you. Make it easy to find, easy to read. Um, it's your so, resume. Yeah. So, at this point, you might be asking, what needs to go in my EPK? That's a great question, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll let you guys answer that and we'll see y'all next week. (laughs) (laughs) You tell us. All right. So uh, the first thing you're probably going to need to come up with is a bio. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. And uh, you're going to want to keep it relevant. And uh, one thing we've seen a lot with the stuff that we've booked uh, for other artists is in people's bios, they have a tendency to tell their entire life story, which can be good, but you've got to keep the highlights so we run a songwriters round so we read a lot of bios they talk about the job they have now or the jobs they used to have and how they moved around a bunch and why they weren't playing music you need to keep it music related i mean obviously it's your bio and your story you need to throw little nuggets of stuff that's not music in there but we don't need to know you know from 2009 to 2011 you took a music hiatus Unless you've got something like, you know, I was stationed overseas, you know, and I wasn't really, you know what should be in there and what shouldn't be. Say if it really stands out, say it. Like if it, you think it's going to help you connect to the person who's your buyer, you know, that would be a good time to say something on the personal side. But at this point, they really don't know you. And just getting to the nitty gritty of what you are and what you do is probably the wisest approach. Yeah. I think everybody thinks it's got to be this super long in-depth thing. It really doesn't have to be. You want to say as much as you can about yourself in as few words as possible. I mean, you want it well-written and ours are probably max two paragraphs. I think mine's four. Two, yeah, say it's not, it's not many. You don't have to write a college essay on everything you've had done in your life. No, nope. they don't care. Um, but that's pretty much it. So, and if you don't have things to, how do I put this? It's okay to fluff things. Just don't lie about what you've done. Like if, (laughs) sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, but fluffing your bio, you want to make it as beefy and as well-rounded as you possibly can. So think of some people you've opened up for. And if you haven't opened up for somebody directly, that doesn't mean they played right after you. So a really good example for us is a lot of people in our area will play the Rome River Jam. And there's people that we know that they've opened up for Easton Corvin or Scotty McCree. All these kinds of people at this big country festival or, you know, any folk festival in this area, they may have played at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and the headliner went on at 7. Yeah. You were still an opening act. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you should, no, you shouldn't say, well, look it, I performed with. No, no, you didn't. 
you're foolish. No, you didn't. No, you did not. But it's little things like that where you you open up for him. You want to beef it up as much as you can. Obviously, don't lie. No. People are going to find out. I mean, it's a it's a I would big, say, small community. Yeah. I would say treat it like you would a regular job resume. I Ooh, mean, that makes a lot more sense. You always got to fluff it up a little bit and make yourself <laughs> sound a little bit more important and a little more capable, possibly, than you are. But, I mean... With the music stuff, you're not always lying about that this kind of stuff. Um, you got to know what you're capable of going into the agreed going in. So that's a good one. So fluff it up doesn't have to be super long. And actually, and not I don't see everybody do this, but it's made a big difference. So I do not have my full bio on my EPK. I think in my personal marketing experience i think it works best as a separate page on your website mm-hmm. either you know your about me bio whatever it is that you decide to name it the only bio i have in my epk is what i call my snapshot or bullet bio so it's literally just bullet points of the accomplishments that i've done i should have brought mine up so it's things like you know i've played already played 100 shows this year and and doing this kind of thing you can update it often so you're not having the same stuff on there but say, you know, you've played 100 shows this year. You're out playing every weekend, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, you know, any awards that you've won, um, you want to name pretty much all of those. Because I don't, oh, even if they're yeah. tiny, tiny little things, most of the time the venue's not going to go in and check in, you know, what, how big the event was or whatever. Right. So I guess for reference, I've got one, two, three, four. Five and a half paragraphs for my bio under the About Me. My EPK has got one, two, three, four, five bullet points. And that's it. So it should be able to be clear. This is what I've done. These are the awards I've won. These are the people I've worked with. You know, these are the people I've recorded with. And that should be just about it. So It's it's basically your elevator pitch. I mean, it's uh, something that... Something you can pitch to someone where they get the idea in the time it takes to get from one floor to another. Yep, that's all they need. It's short, quick. These people are looking at so much of this stuff every day at their actual venue. Quick, quick and fast. So I think that pretty much encases everything in the biosphere. I almost said the biodome. The (laughs) biodome. Obviously, live video is a really big thing. Um, Live video is... Nine times out of ten will get you booked more than a killer music video. And, of course, you should have those on there to show your original work. It doesn't have to be anything fancy for live video. No. If you have somebody come out and you record your live performance with a bunch of different camera angles, that's even better. It could be as simple as you setting up. I mean, iPhones are oh, so yeah. great now with video and audio. If you set that up on a tripod or, hell, if you lose or break tripods like I do, set it up on a thing of books. And record you playing one cover song or something like that. It's They're going to be booking what you sound like live and not the recorded version of yourself. And yeah. those are obviously, we'll get to those, that stuff you want to have on there. But you need to have something live, whether it's you in the house or you live at a show so they could actually hear you. Because um, we all sound and look amazing with a professional spit and polished video. Agreed. So, and most of these places know that. Yeah, so it's a lot of times you're like, "Mm, we don't know what they actually sound like. Um, So video, I think, can be a little bit more raw. I think you get away with that as far as recordings, like audio recordings go. You need to make sure you've got professional or professional sounding 
recordings on there. Um, as radio ready as possible. Yeah, because if they're not watching you do anything and they're just listening, they need to hear you spit and polished, I think, more so than they would want to watch a video yeah. that's spit and polished. Easy. With how easy it is to record and produce such amazing audio now, there's no reason even if it's you and GarageBand and you send somebody 50 bucks to master it and another 50 bucks to mix it. Yeah. Like you can record almost anything at home. It'll cost you max. If you want to go to the cheap side, you could do it way under $100. Like no questions asked. But that's just me. I don't know. Um, One of your songs you might want to include in your recordings is a cover tune. I know probably most of us don't like the idea of taking the time to professionally record a cover tune um but it gives them something to see to measure you against is that the best way to put it not measure you against i don't think but it shows you playing a song that's not yours so i guess compare judge it against they've got something to equate it to now obviously it doesn't matter if you're as good as the original because if you were you whatever that's (laughs) that's a completely different sidebar but just you've got something that they're familiar with their original song they may like you they may not like your original songs give them something that they know and are already familiar with so they've got one thing they're familiar with and then your voice which they aren't couples them together good and there's a lot of sorry didn't mean to cut you off there's a lot of places that just don't want original material no like you're playing in a bar in the back of a room they don't care what song you wrote they want to hear stuff they're familiar with that's true um I feel like here in Atlanta, we're caught in the world of Journey and <laughs> cover bands. And it, we, I actually just posted this on Facebook, you know, with all these venues booking cover and trivia bands, who they're going to be covering Yeah, in 10 to 20 years. Um, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when we're not doing our like original songwriting showcases and traveling, we are doing cover band stuff, which I really enjoy. It's fine. It doesn't bother me too bad. But, you know, you do what you got to do. As far as your originals go, I would try and keep them as upbeat as you can. Um, I mean, I really like the Gary Allen crying in beer songs. I like, those are, I like the moody stuff. Those are some of my favorite, but just throw maybe one or two in there, and you may only need three songs on there. Yeah. Just pick one, I think, that showcases your voice or recording talent the most. Throw that on there, um, because if you're doing bars, at least in this area, or even, oh God, if you're in Nashville... Unless you're playing a writer's round, they don't give a damn what you wrote. Mm-mm. You're not Jeffrey Steele. You're not Chris Wallen. Like, they don't care. They don't care. So, music, keep it upbeat. Throw a cover in there so they're familiar with something. Because they may not always be familiar with you. Let me emphasize the keep it upbeat thing. Oh, but for real though. Yeah, keep was, it upbeat. Keep like... it happy. <laughs> happy. You're, uh... When you're booking these places, they want to people to enjoy being there. And the songwriters, well, obviously we know everybody that's listening is not a songwriter. But as a songwriter, as an artist, like you really enjoy those um, those sad, slow songs a lot of times or the moody stuff. That's really where the artistry comes out. These places typically, unless you're trying to book a, you know, opening spot or a headlining show, um, I know we do all that, you know. We do it all. Yeah, you, know, you in order to make a living at it, you have to pretty much do it all. But um, keeping all the songs upbeat that uh, you're using to get booked on, it's a smart idea. I think so. I think you could get away with a little bit of a sadder one for the cover because they're already familiar with it. 
Yeah. So if you want to do some angsty, moody thing, do a cover. Because, <laughs> again, they're already familiar with this angsty, sad song. I don't know. That's my two cents, but what do and I know? feel free to share your two cents. If you agree with us, disagree with us, yeah, send us a message. We want to hear from y'all. Yeah, send us a message. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know where they send it. You set that up. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> All right. So next on the list, obviously, we've got bios so far. We've got live video. We've got audio recordings. Naturally, next, pictures. You need high-quality HD pictures. Um, professionally done. Your family friend that's got a really cool camera and they took, like, two photography classes in college most likely aren't qualified to be doing it. Not all professional photographers are qualified to be doing promo pictures. Very true. They're very personal. They've got to make sure that they encompass who you are and the style you want to convey. They're really, really tricky. Um, I'd say the picture's the first step to branding. I would completely agree. Because this is the stuff when you think about it, you're just like, oh my God, they're just pictures. This is what you're making your posters with. This sometimes is what you're putting on your business cards. This is what you're using sometimes as your title card for your live acoustic videos. This is a lot of the content you have on your website. So even if you broke down the cost of, okay, you've got one for your website header. You got one on your main page. About me. Like EPK. You need all of these. Yeah. So if you think of it in that mind frame, I know it sucks spending money on pictures, but this is something. One of the biggest. Yeah. And I know for sure we'll do an episode on what you should spend money on and what you should do yourself. This is something you need to pay somebody to do and do your research about them first. Um, We've got a few friends of ours that take pictures and they're amazing. Promo shot wise, they haven't always worked out, which is fine. Yeah. Um, if you find some people that are a little bit cheaper, not sure if they can do it, worst case scenario, you've got a little bit more polished stuff for your Instagram. Yeah. Because, um, you know, your Facebook and Instagram content can be not quite as polished. They should be on brand, but you get a little bit more leeway because it's more of like a day in the life, what you're doing. So you get a little bit more leeway that way. But So they pretty much they should convey clearly and concisely who you are as an artist. Which can be really, really hard. But you know what? Who you are as an artist can change, and you just get new pictures done. <laughs> I mean, it's easy. Like, it's it's super, super easy. I get new pictures done quite a bit. Um, we've actually got two that come to my mind, two of my favorite local Atlanta photographers that I've personally had pictures taken with. I'll put those on the blog, um, and that's just neonrainbowpodcast.com, and we'll put their um, websites and all that kind of stuff and how to get in contact with them because they are they're very very good and they're fun to work with. So I'm not always the most comfortable in front of a camera, which is pitiful considering <laughs> this is what I do for a living, but I can be uncomfortable. So they're really really good to work with you. We're, um, we're working through that. I'm trying to get better. I'm really trying to. So pictures make sure you get good ones done because the other thing that you really need to have on there is a high-quality printable poster that's easy for the venue to change. So literally, you don't have to have the entire poster just displayed. You can just make it like a download link on your EPK. But it should be something with your face on it, your logo, your URL, your name, or logo name, whatever. Not just, much difference, but... Not really. But so there you, is a slight... Your name and logo, website URL, all your social media handles, and a blank space for them to fill in the date and time. Um, so this gives you a lot more control over what they're sharing 
picture wise because I've had some venues before I did this. Oh, I know where you're going. Sent just bad. I mean, just I mean, we'll go back and go through like your profile pictures on Facebook or something, and it's one. It, they pick a bad picture instead of the picture you send them. Not even. I've had that happen. Like really? Yes. Like you send them a spit and polished professional photo to use to um, promo the show, and then they go through go through your. Heck, they might go through your MySpace and pick something from ten years ago. Oh, Ducklip Haley, what's <laughs> up? And I don't understand why they do that. But if you have this easy for the venue to download, and then they can print them out, then it keeps you in control of your image. Yep. And it also shows them that you know what you're doing. You're trying to make it as easy on them as possible because now they've got exactly what they need to promo you. Yep, and if you don't do your own graphics, it'll be a pretty cheap thing to do. I think there's enough apps and stuff out there. You sh- you would be able to make a printable one, I think, just fine by yourself. But do that. Um, one thing I would say is do – what is the standard poster size? 11 by eleven by 17. 11 it's, by 18 is about regular poster size. I have no <laughs> I clue. He's looking at me like, yeah, because you're a graphic design lady. That's me. So I would do it if you're paying somebody to create a poster for you just to use over and over again. I'd have them size them automatically and have them in your EPK so they can download which one. I would mm-hmm. do 8.5 by 11, which is standard printing paper, and 11 by 17, which is standard show size. So then that don't, way they're not having to try sound and, fancy. Yeah, well, I don't know how I – I can never remember it. <laughs> and I always have to go back through my notes and I'm like – Shit, what what is that thing? But it makes it really easy. Gives you more control so you don't have some nasty picture from you on some beach that you were trashed with and happened to have your guitar in your hand and I've had it happen. It's not it's not the prettiest, so it just makes it easy. Um yeah. And yeah. if you want to get a bunch of those printed for yourself, send them to Vistaprint. Or yeah, if you know Vistaprint's somebody that's awesome. got a great HD printer or something, Vistaprint's so cheap and then that way you can drop some off at venues at the date and time, and it's great. You're good to go. Yep. I like it. So our next subject we're going to talk about is set list. It's probably a good idea to put the songs that you play on your EPK, or at least very easy to find, so that the venues can see exactly what they're buying when they're booking you. Yep. Um, Keep it updated, and the way we do it is we break it down to different genres of music. We're both country artists, but when playing shows that range from playing for three hours in a bar to playing an hour at a corporate event or opening up for an artist. um, It's all over the place. It's all over the place. And this might be something that you need to tweak because if you're you're headlining a a show, then you may not want to list off all the cover songs that you're doing. Oh, no. Unless you're headlining as a cover band. Um, so really it's, I don't know if we figured out exactly how to I show think, the difference. I think you can have it on there. If you are going to open up for somebody, I think they realize the set list isn't necessarily going to be what, they're not picking your songs. I think most talent buyers know if you're going to be opening up for Craig Morgan or something like that, you're not going to play, you know eight cover songs right keep your set list up to date um it also makes it really easy if you're doing private parties or venues that want more control over what you're playing you definitely bar wise i wouldn't let them pick all the songs you're gonna play oh, heck no. but as far as private parties go um 
It makes it easy for them to be like, hey, yeah. you know, we kind of want this kind of section you've got going on. It makes it really easy. And then you're not stressing out about a set list. Yeah. And we're actually booked uh, coming up soon to do a wedding. And uh, they've asked for a set list for that. So we're happy to accommodate. They can see what songs that we know. So their guests can ask for specific songs without us as the artist having to go, I'm sorry, I don't know that. Yeah, that's always There's nothing more I hate in a show than someone asking for a song that I don't know because I feel bad. Like, I want to be able to give you what you want. And you can't learn everything. You can't learn everything, but I want you to tip. So I want to play your song. God. <laughs> Yeah, so keep your keep an updated set list, um, and then you should add in there anything that would give you the advantage, um, whether it's you have got a killer light team that puts on an awesome light show, um, or any notable musicians that are playing behind you, anything like that. Um, if you've released a single that's gotten national or local radio airplay, it's something you should definitely put in there. Um, yeah. That's not in your bulleted bio, you know, just some stuff that you've got going on, who you've got playing with you, if they're, you know, of any notoriety. It's a good thing to add in there. Um, but at the end of it, it's just getting into the mindset of a talent buyer, which mm -hmm. is pretty easy to do. Um, they want to put butts in seats and beers in hand. So, you know, they've got to make money before you make money. So, Or else you're pointless. Yeah, pretty much. So just keep that in the back of your head. Um, so if they're kind of short with you and just, it makes the experience just a lot easier. It makes it sometimes feel a little bit less personal if they don't decide to book you. Um, but yeah, once you've got all of this encased together, um, you're ready to start sending it out and booking things, which is awesome, but there's, there's ways to do it and ways not, not to, to do, do it. it. So my first EPK, um, that I had, it was in a PDF format, which, first of all, we'll get to this in a second, I do not recommend. So before you send out your EPK, no matter what format or where you decide to, like, home, house it, home it, no, whatever. Get the point. Wherever you decide to keep it, you've got to have an email template that's really easy to change out for each venue. Um, don't send out a blast generic email no. with nobody's name. They're going to get mad. They're not going to book you. Like, it's just, it's obnoxious. We'll get things on Facebook, um, you know, oh, you need to check out my band, da, 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 and they have all the links. I'm like, this was clearly copy and pasted. I don't care. If you're not going to yeah. take the time to address me or talk about the venue or somebody you saw play there or compliment on the social media, whether it's, you know what I mean, their be, website. Be personable. It doesn't take time out of your day. It takes whole two seconds. Find something to connect with them with. It's easy. Um, obviously this template should include your snapshot bio so they do not have to read and sift through things that may not be relevant. Um, so snapshot bio, EPK, your website URL, social handles, contact information, um, short, sweet to the point. They've got other emails they need to read. They got other shit they got to do. Keep it short. So the do's and don'ts for sending out the EPK. Jay, my favorite one. Don't send it as an attachment. Boom! Nobody wants to get that shit as an attachment. No. They're going to think it as a virus unless you give them a heads up saying, hey, interested in booking, would you like me to send you my EPK? And they say yes, do it, then that's fine. Not the number one choice. I've had many people send me some, even people that I've known, but they haven't talked to me about anything. I delete it immediately. Like, Did you get my EPK? Yeah, I deleted it. Did you look at it? 
No. 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 Once again, if you're going to send it as a PDF format, you might really want to think about not doing that. Because if there's something they want to take off your, your EPK, like such as your bio, PDF form, you can't just what click and drag it over. What? Like, if the, like copy and paste it? Yeah, you can't copy and paste a PDF. Some of... Mm-hmm. Some, it's not easy. It's not And you want to make this as easy as possible. And PDFs can be really, really cool, um, especially when you start putting, like, hyperlinks in it and stuff. Mine looked really, really cool. But nowadays, it's just easier. What I do is I house it on my website. It's on my menu bar, my main menu on my website. It just says EPK and booking. If that's not something you want people to see, um, you can always hide it from the menu bar. And the page is still live, so... and. If people don't have the direct link to it, they cannot see it. That's a really good one. Um, or I know you had for a little bit a um, password. So you mm-hmm. just send them a password to get in and they can do that. Also, it's hard for me to keep up with the passwords personally. My number one is just to house it on your website. You can either show it in the menu or not. Send them the link. It's super easy. Um we already covered don't send out blast emails. That shit drives me crazy. <laughs> like, uh-uh. Just, it makes me mad. Um, so that's about email. Um, we do a lot of stuff in social media now, too. So I do a lot of booking off of Facebook. Yeah. Yes. And so it's pretty much the same thing you want to send out in your, um, that you would in an email. Just do a shorter version of it. Yeah, the Facebook Messenger is not equipped to handle the paragraphs, so, you know, it just shoves everything shorter together. So there's really no paragraphs. There's no break in the lines, and it looks like you typed a novel. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be as formal as an email because it's, it's over Facebook, and you'll run into that probably a lot now that people are realizing, they oh, I don't want a business yeah. website. I can just have Facebook, which if you're a venue and don't have a website, I don't like you. That's... Have a website. It's easy. Oh, we really. miss judgy. You need to have a website. Even if it's literally like, you don't have to keep it even up to date. Have your hours, your menu, and contact information. You don't have to post on it every day, but you need That's a website. True. It can be bare bones, black and white. You got to have a website. It drives me nuts. But keep it short on Facebook. Um, it can be more informal. Informal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you don't get an email or a message back, you don't have to take it personally. Um, if they're an actual music venue, and I use that actual now because there's so many places, you know, that have music doesn't make them a venue, which is, a, again, different episode in and of itself. They get hundreds of emails, hundreds of messages, and they've got so many to sift through that mm-hmm. it's hard to. So if they haven't gotten back to you, don't take it personally. Give them a call. I wait about, about a week. Yeah, about a week. Four or five days is normally what I do. And I give them a call. Um, if they're not there, I'll shoot them another email. I normally, my cap is two emails and two phone calls. So no matter how that ends up spreading out. Yeah. Um, I would say stay persistent on it because if they're not telling you no, a lot of times what we I know what I do. If someone messaged me and I don't respond quickly... They send me another message. I feel bad that it didn't respond to the first one. So it makes me not want to respond to this one because I feel bad that it didn't respond to the first one. And um, I think that's awful. Well, apparently it's a common thing. I've heard other podcasts talk about 
Oh, we posted that on Gary Gary V. Gary V. Yeah. So, so keep at it. If they're not telling you no, then it's still a possibility. And if yeah. they do tell you but no, don't be obnoxious. You do not need to call them every day. No, I would not book you solely because you called me every day. Yeah, be like I, mean, I was gonna. Now I don't like you. Go away. I'd say a week in between. I would too, but stay yeah. persistent. And then obviously, if they do end up giving you the hard pass. I don't take it personally. There are so many musicians and there's so many venues. We're not going to be the right fit for every single one of them that we yeah. want to play at. So get over it. Yeah, you I, need to I have... sent one to a uh, a venue that we used to play at that sold out and new people came in and are now running things. Um, so they actually got back with me, which I thought was awesome. But they also told me, sorry, we don't book country music here. Yeah. So. That's yeah. always a bummer. But there's plenty of venues plenty of uh, stuff for you guys to get into but hopefully you guys found this helpful um, episode number two in the books what's our uh, hashtags and all that stuff our hashtags I don't know you're the social media queen and I just oh I was like I didn't make a hashtag I did not get that far but um, our twitter don't listen to me the last time it is neon podcast our instagram Somehow got flagged while making the account, so we're dealing with... Still can't figure that one out. No, it's very, very weird. But we're Neon Rainbow Podcast on Facebook, Podcast Neon on Twitter. Um, you can visit the... Uh, I almost said vlog. We haven't gotten that far yet. The blog and our website with contact information, that kind of stuff. It's just neonrainbowpodcast.com, and you'll find all the stuff from last week's you know, the bulleted points of what to watch out for when auditioning for The Voice. Um, we will list our favorite Atlanta photographers and videographers on the blog. Yeah, and if y'all have someone in your area, obviously we're in Atlanta. We don't go across the whole U.S. looking for photographers. So if there's somebody in your area, heck, throw it up there. Help your fellow musician out. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, either tweet us. You guys are smart. You can get a hold of us somehow. Um, or shoot us an email, and that's just Neon Rainbow Podcast. At gmail.com. Yeah. If you have any uh, show ideas. Yeah, some really questions. Like to hear those. Yeah, some questions you guys want answered or topics to be talked about. Because um, that was one of the really big things when we started this podcast is we couldn't find anybody talking about any of this stuff. No. Which is really frustrating. I mean, I know people want to keep stuff for themselves and boost their way up. But at this level, you're not cheating people out of money. At this point, there's enough of us doing this. We need to all help each other along the way. You know, it's a hard it's a hard business to be in, so why make it harder and be in a competition with anybody you ever meet? Yeah. I don't get it. But until next week, you guys, I appreciate it. Um guess that's it. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. See ya. Bye.